Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Today's episode of All Facts No Cap. We got former Pro Bowl linebacker Sean Merriman, a guy who came out of my 2005 draft class, better known as Lights Out, but I'm sure everybody knows that. Man, Sean, what's going on, man? Happy to have you on. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. 2005, huh? That seemed like so long ago now. It's crazy. Bro, it seems like a long time ago. So I'll go ahead and start with this. I know why they call you Lights Out. But for anybody that may not know about that, you go ahead and uh, let everybody know. Yeah, I, um, you know, in 2000, uh, God, I was 16 years old when I got the nickname Lights Out. And uh, I was in high school my sophomore year. Uh, I knocked out four kids in a game. And mm. after that game, man, I had uh, about, about 20 students come run up to me. And they said, hey, you knocked these, you, oh, you knocked those guys' lights out. And. You know, I just played it cool. And I said, you know what? Call me Lights Out. And that name, <laughs> it, it stuck. Uh, I remember getting to school on that Monday. And, and mind you, this is pre-social media. So it wasn't yep. like uh, something went viral and everybody saw calling Lights Out. It was like word of mouth. Like, this dude just knocked out four people in one game. Um, and so I went home, begged my mom to let me get a Lights Out tattoo. And and that's how uh, the whole thing started. Man, well, I'll tell you what. It definitely followed you throughout college and in the NFL. Four Pro Bowls, all with the San Diego Chargers. I know it seems crazy to say San Diego, even though it's L.A. now. And that has now led you to now the Lights Out Extreme Fighting League. Go ahead and tell me about that. Yeah, so I launched Lights Out Extreme Fighting in 2019. Um, we're now on Fubo Sports, Fubo TV, so you can check it out. If you guys don't have it, get it. Uh, we got a big fight coming up uh, July 22nd in San Diego. You know, so it was my first time actually having something back there since I played. And, you know, what's cool for me about that, man, is, uh, you know, I, I was 20 years old when I got drafted. I was one of the youngest drafted players ever. So San Diego has always has been like a home for me yeah. uh, and one of the best places to live in the country. You know, my no my dad that. Um, and so for us, you know, we we have the, these next up and coming superstars, man, and and you know we give them a platform because uh, we're on Fubo. We actually our last fight we had May six just broken the Fubo Sports top five most watched all time. 
uh, behind the international soccer. So th- those things, man, um, you know, means a lot to me. But you get down there again in the San Diego market. With there's so many fighters. I mean, we we have uh, I think we have nine or ten amateurs and seven eight pros pro fight set up. Then we have sixteen to seventeen fights that day, and so. I can't wait to do it. Um, you know, obviously we're gonna have a couple guys that probably leave to the UFC right after they get done, uh, which we're totally fine with. So yeah, I'm just I'm having fun, man. It yeah, I transition. I've been doing I've been in this in this MMA spot for 17 years, training with the, some of the best fighters in the world. Uh so it was almost like right up my alley to make this transition after I was done with football. You know, and that leads me to my next question. And with you obviously playing the position that you were, top-notch edge rusher, coming off, making sacks on everybody like it was going out of style, especially my Raiders. And being in the trenches, there's some there's some correlation with MMA, mixed martial arts training, and just simply going against an offensive tackle or a guard or tackling a big fullback or running back, what have you. Me being out there on the edges, you know, we don't want none of that. We just want to sit over there and, you know, <laughs> get exceptions and look all pretty. But I've known a number of guys who have actually used MMA training in the offseason to prepare them for the following upcoming season. Go ahead and talk to me about that as far as the correlation, if there's any sort of easy transition from MMA training to playing in the trenches. You, you know it, man. There's so many um, there's so many parallels between the, two, between the two sports. I actually got into it because I wanted to be a better pass rusher, right? Being able to use my hands, open my hips up, and turn a corner against those big offensive linemen and stuff like that. And then with MMA – it helped out a lot because you know your your uh, my body almost changed in a way when I started training MMA. My endurance is better. My hand eye coordination. Um, I got very violent hands and being able to use my leverage, man. I got you know got really good at it. Uh, and you're starting to see now even more former athletes transition into MMA into MMA and just combat sports in general. But um, man, look at you know guys like Aaron Donald. What do you see him doing all the time? Yeah. Hand combat drills. Mm-hmm. You know, some of these guys just hand combat. And that's all, you know, a lot of these, uh, the MMA is in, in combat sports in general is hand combat. Um, and so we're going to see here over the next year or two, you know, some some bigger name guys to transition into combat sports. We're already seeing it right now with Le'Veon, you know, who's boxing right now. Adrian Peterson got in it. Um, yo, Greg Hardy had a nice short stint in, in the UFC mm-hmm. for some time. And so, but we're going to start seeing more and more guys make that transition. You know, one thing that a lot of athletes don't realize when they're playing, but they then soon realize once they become a former athlete like you and myself. And I've watched you ever since you stopped playing much like me. You've done media. You've done things at Fox Sports and things like that. Talk to me about the path or talk to me about just like you said, the transition from there's going to come a day that your boss tells you don't come to work tomorrow. And usually it's going to be when you're still relatively young and that's when you have to find your next passion. Talk to me about how that move, that transition, that path was. When I, when I talk to any guy, any of the guys that still plan, what I try to tell them to do was start planting your seed now into yep. what you want to do later on. Right. If you want to get in the media during the off season, start doing more TV, do more podcasts, do more radio. Um, start making a lot of connections and affiliations in the media world if that's what you want to do. If you want to yep. get into business, go go take some courses at you know uh, you know a, a college or something like that. Pick up another skill because that transition, even with all the well, what I'm saying right now, that transition is still tough. 
Yep. And when I got done, so I went straight to the straight to the booth NFL Network, and I had my uh, my clothing line that was selling in retail stores. I was in Tilly's and a bunch of other retail stores. I was selling lights out clothing line. It was days I still sat around like, man, this is it. That you yeah. know, like I wasn't I wasn't equipped, and I had plenty of things to do that I would I had spare time or anything like spare time is is the worst, right? I, and any guy say yes. the one thing you don't want to do is say, hey, I'm going to take a year off when I'm done. That is going to be the worst time of your life. It will be. Um, and, you know, I say, hey, start doing TV, podcast, radio. Just get active. Um, you know, get a coach. Start working out. Don't say, hey, I'm going to go work out today. and Don't work out today. Don't show up another three, four weeks from now. Because everything just starts to compound, compound if you don't. And the last thing you want to do is be in that space where you don't know what you want to do next. You don't know what's going on. It is a horrible space to be in. And I'm just talking to somebody who had plenty of things lined up. You know, I was working with the WWE Network, and it was just some days, man. I was like, damn, this is it. You know, no yeah, more practice. I know that feeling, bro. You know, no more games. And, uh, you know, that feeling you got, you have of going to have a big game, and you got 30, 50 people texting you. Have to go, oh, I just seen that big – all that shit is gone, <laughs> right? And so I, I try to, when I speak to guys, hey, just start playing to see. Whatever you want to do, do it during, during, during the offseason – Start getting ready so you don't have that that spare time in between. Man, I couldn't have said it better myself because like you just said, once it's done, it's done. And you start to look around and your entire landscape of life just changes. And there's no more, like you said, the 30, 40, 50 texts after a big game where you had an interception on Sunday night football or something like that. And to me, I'm going to throw something out at you. I remember reading a book this one time and it was titled All Athletes Die Twice. And the thing is, is that for a lot of us, that's what we've identified with for so long. You're Sean Merriman, the Pro Bowl football player. I'm Stanford Route, the former Oakland Raider. And so you're used to identifying with, okay, well, what do you do for a living? Oh, I play for the Chargers. Oh, I play for the Raiders. And all of a sudden, you're no longer playing. Well, when somebody asks, what do you do? That's where you kind of stutter. You don't really have an answer for that yet. And what I've learned is, and especially for me, once you're done, you have to mourn that loss. You have to go ahead, yeah. go through whatever depression, whatever, like whatever transformation, metamorphosis you got to go through, you got to go through it. And you have to accept that loss. You got to go ahead, have a funeral, the burial, the wake, all of that. And then you're able to come out from it a much better person once you've once you've grieved enough. What do you think about that? Uh, no, I mean all those things. Um, all those things you said. I'll put a little bit more context in, in this too. Uh, and this is this is what I'm most proud of making that transition for me personally. Um, I was at uh, the Golden Knights game uh, not not too long ago, and it was a uh, guy that came up to me and I was walking in the I was walking in the arena and he was like, man, I've, I've seen your fights and all that stuff. And you know, I, I watch your fights on TV and I see you on social media. And he's like, man, what, what did, what did you do before this? He didn't even know who I was before. And I didn't get offended at all. I, I looked at it. I was like, you know what? To make that transition to become big and something else where I got somebody that's watching my fights. that don't even know, didn't yeah. even know. I played football, had no clue, in fact. Um, and he was like, man, I see your social media and your fights and stuff. Like, what did you do before? And I didn't get offended. I was like, man, that's, that is really, really, that was really cool for me because making that transition and being dominant somewhere else, 
uh, as we did on the field, is very tough to do, right? Because you have that loss of identity to one thing you attach yourself to for so long to try to start all over again and build up yourself into another industry that has nothing to do with what you did to have some success in it meant a lot to me. So I, I, I really appreciated that day um, that that happened. Definitely. You know, I think that uh, even like when I look at myself and the 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 growth that I've been able to make, whether it was, like I said, doing Fox Sports or whether it's doing color commentary for college football games for ESPN or even just me now coaching college football. There's even times where people have like, oh, man, you played. And so for a split second, I'm like, I kind of get a little bit offended, but also at the same time, I'm like, OK, you know what? Maybe I'm able to reinvent myself. And that's why now. They're, they're they're struggling to now see me as a former player. They're seeing me in a completely different light right now. And I think that everything that you're saying is spot on. And for me, it's really frustrating. And it's it, it's very sad when you see a lot of our a lot of our former brothers, a lot of our sorority brothers that uh, I'm sorry, fraternity brothers that simply they're still finding their way. You know what I mean? And they haven't found that next passion yet. And to me, if you don't find that next passion, that right there to me will always be the kiss of death. That'll be the most uh, the most difficult hurdle to get over because then you're just sitting at home, just basically just kind of spinning your wheels, not knowing what your next move is going to be. And you just said it, uh, and I don't mind it's devil's workshop. So that right there for me, is uh is something paramount. Yeah, it's no doubt about that. And you know, the kind of um I would say this, we're the most disciplined people on the planet Earth. Like we we are. We Thanks. you got to think for since we were kids, we had to be at, be somewhere on time. We had to show up twice. We still had to go to school and do all the normal things that the regular person did, right? Yep. The study hall hours, all the all the extras. Practice, watch a film, and do what everybody else did. So we're 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 the most disciplined people walking on this earth because we've been doing it for so long, and we're the most passionate people because I I tell people this: you got to be a different breed to be running yourself through to another person full speed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the further you get away from it now, and you're talking to people, you're like, man, I did that, you know, and it's and it's kind of one of those things you got to take yourself back because you have to have a different mindset to do that. So obviously, we're passionate. The thing that we have to do in, in being a former athlete and making that transition is you have to find that thing to have you just as passionate as you did of, of running out the, the, yes. the stadium of 70,000 people. True. Once, once you have that, you become unstoppable because there's two things that ruin people when they're starting a business. It's, it's uh, starting when they, when they're starting entrepreneur or whatever. And that's not being passionate enough about what they're doing, being all in. And the second thing is they're not disciplined enough to stay on track to, to achieving that massive level of success. And so those two things we have, you just have to figure out what that, what you're so, what you're so passionate about to make you want to do that. Once you, once you start getting into stuff, like for me, it was, it's lights out, right? I mean, it gets me out to bed. We got a big fight, July 22nd in San Diego. I'm, I'm like, I'm ready. You know, we're live TV production trucks, satellite trucks, all this stuff. You know, we got, we're on live TV in this country and Canada and, and for like, I get up with this passion, I'm like man, I gotta, I'm running the show, right? And I'm, yep. I, we got a big fight going on, and 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 tens and tens of thousands, hundred thousand plus people watching what we do, and that to me is 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 what get me out of the bed. And if I didn't have that same passion, I was just doing something, even if it was just for money. If I don't, if it don't make me feel 
like I had a big sack against somebody and then the crowd screaming, <laughs> then I don't want to do I don't want to do it. And that's yeah. kind of my mentality I take with what I'm doing right now. You know, when you say that, something resonates with me. It just popped into my head. And it's like we're adrenaline junkies. And that you never, you never lose the thirst for that adrenaline rush, like what you just said. And so I look at myself and, you know, I love to go hiking in Rio or De Janeiro. I love to mess around with exotic animals, take pictures with them, pose with them, things like that, whether it's an anaconda or whether it's a tiger in Thailand or a liger at the South Carolina, I'm sorry, Myrtle Beach uh, 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 Zoo out there in South Carolina. And is that something that's just naturally just kind of inbred in us as athletes that that adrenaline rush, it's like we're always going to search for ways to still be able to feed that thirst? No no doubt about it. And, the, and the, the, the gift and the curse of that is if it goes the wrong way, you start searching for the bad things. Yeah. Right. And so mm -hmm. that's 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 one of the things that when you look at the, the pros and cons of having that attitude, and you're right, man, like. We we live we live on the edge and we I joke around about us being able to run our bodies into another person full speed. Um, but that gate, you know, when when you can look at another person after you run into him harder and he's hurting, it's like in our head, like, <laughs> yeah, we got him, right? We yep. we did something to him, he's scared now, or whatever, whatever that thing is that that makes us twitch. So now <clears throat> when you start to all the things you name, um to want to do those things, it's in us anyway to have this adrenaline rush to do these things. And, uh, and like I said, when, when you hear some, some guys struggle, those are the cons, right? Like that gift yeah. and the curse type of deal when guys, drugs, alcohol, whatever, like they get involved in that because they're still searching for that same high that they came out to the stadium with. And so, as long, like I said, we are we are a special, special breed once find out what we want to do because then it's it's no stopping us we we've dealt with all the adversities and then let, I, I want to i want to say this while we while we're on this topic because this is uh this is just kind of goes a little bit of what i just said how many how many things you do in this job like how many jobs out here things where you got somebody behind you every single day that wants your spot right? <laughs> yeah it's nothing people, like it's nothing people like people don't yeah. people don't understand that living right they they got somebody there that they drafted that they can't wait to take your spot and then give you less money so they can pay him and and and, and cut you know a million dollars so, so they can go with the young guy so they can go with the young guy and so you wake up every day and practice you got to go even you know and I, and I started to feel this later on in my career like I knew when I was in that rookie contract they were first round really it wasn't too much they could do but you start getting up there and then your salary start getting bigger. You got somebody they just drafted or a guy that they drafted fifth, sixth round that they want to pay, you know, the league, the, the league minimum, the rookie yep. minimum, and yes, you're sir. getting paid, you know, five, six, whatever plus million dollars a year. You got to wake up every day. That guy's looking to take your take your spot. And the mentality, the psych, the the the, the psych behind that is, man, I gotta, I gotta work every day. I gotta work every single day to keep my job. And like I said before, we're a special breed because normal people don't live like that out here. They got a salary. They're nine to five. They go there. They complete a couple tasks, a couple projects. They go home. You have one bad day, a bad game. You 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 know you you bite up 
uh, or bite the cheese and you take you try to jump the flats <laughs> yep. and got go down the field <laughs> that that could be it that could mm-hmm. be it for you that day and so when you uh look at these type of things we're built we're just built completely different than anyone else man i couldn't agree more and speaking of the analogy that you just gave that leads me to something else i want to ask you about obviously maybe a couple weeks to a month ago you saw the comments that big ben made about kenny pickett him not exactly rooting for kenny pickett now that he is a former pittsburgh Steeler and kenny pickett is the uh, the head of the franchise and i'm really interested in getting your take on it because like you just said How many other industries do you have somebody behind you that is chomping at the bit to try to get your starting spot and also having your employer who every day is trying to find reasons to go ahead, get you up out of there. That way they can pay your replacement half of what they were paying you. I'm interested in getting your take and I'll first give mine. I completely can see where big Ben is coming from because all you have is a player is your legacy. And at the end of the day, who wants to see their legacy diminished? Like you look at Tom Brady, seven titles, 10 uh, 10 appearances in the Super Bowl. I don't think Tom Brady just wants to see somebody else win an eighth ring. I don't think he just wants to see that. I don't think that Jerry Rice wants to see somebody break his record. Now, he may be okay with it. He may not jump off a cliff, but I don't think he's yearning, oh my God, I can't wait for somebody to break my record that I've had for about 30 years. I can't wait for somebody to break that. Go ahead and give me your thoughts. Uh, it's, it's the same thing, man. I think that the difference is with us and how we're perceived is that we're teammates, right? People forget that it's a job, right? Mm-hmm. We have a job. We have a job to do. And what I try to do to keep everybody's uh, to keep everybody's mentality so they, so they can comprehend what I'm saying, I would say, you know, have somebody in the cubicle, right? And then the job hires somebody else to put them in the, right across from you. And you know that they want your job. Yep. And they're telling you, hey, we, we need you to help them. Oh, and we want you to root for them to get better. But they're here to replace you or replace a record or replace something else. And so <clears throat> I always try to make those analogies to the average person that, that worked in the, the the regular field because it's, it's your yes, your teammate, but it's also your job. Or if it's a record you have that's, that's standing and you're known for having that record. Now, <clears throat> me personally, I don't care, but I'm not sitting around watching a guy like, hey, I, come on, break it. Let's go. Like, that. No, I don't, I don't care. Right? I'm right there with you. I'll congratulate you, but I'm not going to be sitting around like, oh, man, I hope this guy really go and break a record. And it, um, how, how a lot of people view us as your teammates, you're supposed to be this, you're supposed to be that. Let's go the same thing with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, right? Yeah. <clears throat> when he got there, he you're not you're not going to help him. What it's not your job now. If you want to teach him, if he wants to tag along and learn, but if a team is expecting you as the older guy, you just drafted this guy first round. He's here to take my position. Meaning that if he takes my position, he's taking my money, my livelihood. Yep. So I'm not going to be sitting around spending all the time in the world to help this guy. You just drafted him. But you know what? We're placed at this, at this teammate. Type. No, it's a damn job, and that's what it is. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize that we're running around on that football field. We all have the same color jersey. We all have the same color helmet. But at the end of the day, we're independent contractors. 
100%. and it's 53 of us that just simply happen to be wearing the same color jersey and the same color helmet. And I remember an old school guy told me this years ago. He said, the only day of the week that this is not a business is on Sundays. And I think for most fans, for most common to casual to even fanatic ones that they view their team, you know, they're in love with it. They want to see everything that their team has to offer. They want their team to always be in the playoffs, the championship. So they're thinking solely about the team. They're not thinking about the person. And I think that a lot of people view athletes, they kind of view us as cartoon characters. Like they don't really think that we have feelings. They don't think that we have outside Superhero. lives. Right. Yeah, they don't think that we have families. They think that we're just sitting over there, made of steel, have no feelings, no emotions, no insecurities, no problems in life once we leave the field, things like that. And that's something that's always been perplexing to me because you look at someone who's a common nine to fiver. You look at somebody who's in, like you just said, the regular job market, and they're able to have compassion for for, for uh, their employees. They're able to have compassion or empathy within their coworkers. But all of a sudden, when it's the player, that's when, oh, oh he's being selfish. Well, even in relationships, you may not care you may not jump off a cliff that your ex-wife, your ex-girlfriend, your ex-husband, your ex-boyfriend is moved on and is now happy. But you're probably not going to bed every night praying that they find their enchanted love to where now they view you as their exes. Oh, just some guy that I used to date. Yeah, and that's the difference, right? That's the difference from rooting for somebody and get behind them and uh, you know, not wishing you know, all the best or all the worst. It's just like, it is what it is, right? And I think that the, the biggest part about what you said is is uh, we're looked at completely different. Um, and I always I always use the point of a superhero, right? Because we, we are viewed to the normal person as a superhero. We're big, we're strong, athletic, you know, have these features and, 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 and things about us that a lot of people can't fathom, right? They can't fathom putting their bodies through. Well, look, we just made a joke uh, actually this morning about how many guys came out for the football team in high school because they wanted to get girls, right? Or yeah. they wanted to be whatever. <laughs> and the second they got their bell wrong, they took their helmet off, they took them shoulder pads off, and you ain't never seeing them again. Yep, and when so, you go play basketball. Yeah, I'm gonna go, we had a guy in high school that they got popped right across the middle. He was running a slant and got hit. Took his stuff off right on the sideline, went back to track. And so we used to make a joke <laughs> because the track team would be running around the track. <laughs> so mm -hmm. we him on the track. And we every day we see that we just we, we couldn't stop laughing because it wasn't for everybody. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, we, we're just we we have this uh this thing with us where we are looked at on, on, on that level. No doubt. All right, Sean, let me go and give you this one last question right now. In today's game, 2023, give me your top five edge rushers. I'm sorry, your top five pass rushers. Pass rushers. Um, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Nick Bosa one. Um I, believe it or not, man, I, I'm gonna put you know, I'm gonna put Khalil Mack up there, you know, still. I can definitely I, see why. Former Raider. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Khalil Mack up there because even even though he was Banged up a little bit last year when he was healthy, man. He was still a a, a big problem. You got no doubt about Joe, it. I think Joey Bosa got to be up there too. Mm -hmm. Um, gosh, from uh, what's it with the kid from Philly? Um, God, um, you said his name, right? Uh, you talking about Hassan Reddick? Yeah, yeah, I, uh huh. And, I, and these are not 
this top five general. You yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Any, any, um, is that is that four or that five? Uh, that's uh, yeah, that's four. That's four. I I don't know, man. I don't have a. I mean, I guess when when Vaughn comes back, you know, healthy. If he's if he's healthy, you you as as old as he is now, up in his age and health and whatever, he he he's still good for two or three sacks. Uh, somebody's game. No doubt about it. Okay, you know what? I was lying. What my last question right now? You just like me, 2005 draft class. I know it sounds really bad to say because that was 18 freaking years ago, and we know how much the game has evolved. We know how much simply society has evolved in the last 18 years. Give me what is probably your biggest gripe. Or just, you know, uh, the biggest issue that you may have a problem with as far as what we experienced versus what this generation, whether it's on the field or off the field, now experiences to this day. Yeah, I mean, the the, the normal answer to that would always be the physicality, right? The, some of the things and rules and stuff they can't do anymore. But I think I, the biggest problem I have now in today's game is guys are more interested in being social media stars and being and then being a yeah. dog, right? Yeah. Um, like now it's about <laughs> social media and getting a bag. Like to me, when when I played, I don't I don't care who was in there. I wanted to be like, yo, hey, that's that's lights out, man. He walked like that dude is for real, for real, right? And I was I wanted to be the best, and I wanted to be viewed as the best. You wanted to be put up there in the category of the greats, not the biggest following, right? Um, or or the highest paid, right? And, that, and that's cool. The money's great. Look, the money is 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 very important. I ain't gonna say that one bit. I'm all about the money. But if you're making 15 a year and you're a bum, right? Or you're you're like, <laughs> you know, like you got you got you walk in a room and you got no respect. And that's one thing that I'm proud of now, even I might I got hurt and I didn't have the career, the long career that I wanted to. Is that when I was healthy, people seen me play at the highest, highest level. And I played the game the way it was supposed to be played. And even still now, you know, I'll go out and I'm anywhere in the country, I'll, I'll be, and they'll be like, man, dude, you were a dog. You know, I was walking through the airport the other day um, in Dallas, and I had about 50 people come to me like, man, dude. and they remember the plays. They're like, oh, when you played us, and you don't, like, they remember the plays. Uh, and so that was more important to me than somebody coming like, man, this dude got a hundred million dollar contract. Like, don't get me wrong. The money is very important. But when you're talking about just the on the field perception and my biggest problem I have now with a lot of guys, they're more interested in being a, a social media star and getting a bag other than the respect. Yeah, uh, that definitely would be one of my top to me. I would say just to piggyback off of that is you don't really have those hated rivalries as much as you used to. And that's my number two, you know, like that's with my, guys, my number two. Yeah. With, you know, with, with social media guys are friends, like they work out together in the all season, things like that. And, you know, I remember how the fan bases were back in our day when it was San Diego and Oakland, obviously now it's LA and Vegas, just that fan base rivalry and when the San Diego Chargers came to town we obviously didn't like you guys you guys didn't like us obviously there was no no pure hatred but it was just on the football field where we don't like them they don't like us and now you don't really see that as much you saw it a little bit with the Cincinnati Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs that uh, the build up to that AFC title game things like that but you don't really see that as much especially in basketball so to me that would probably be my biggest gripe 
is that you just don't have those hated teams anymore. You don't have those heated rivalries. You know, I remember go, going back to Malcolm Floyd, God rest his soul, Vincent Jackson, Antonio Gates, LaDainian Tomlinson, Ryan Matthews. Like, I remember what you guys, you and uh, Sean Phillips, I remember when it was third and seven or third and eight, we would be standing on the sideline watching the game, and we just were hoping that the quarterback could get the pass off. Now, whether he, whether he completes it, you know, hey, like we'll worry about that later. But like, we just want to keep the quarterback upright because when these two edge rushers pin their ears back and go ahead and start collapsing this pocket, man, it was always scary times for us. So that that would probably be mine, man. It's just um, guys are probably too friendly now. Yeah. For like those good old fashioned rivalries that you know will be iconic that they'll be talking about on some 30 for 30, you know, like 20, 30 years from now. Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, I can't get over the jersey swap now after the games. No, like, <laughs> like don't like don't get me wrong. I, I during the offseason, my actually my first autograph and jersey I've ever asked for was Peyton Manning during the Pro Bowl. But let mm-hmm. me tell you, my rookie year, I got his ass three times, right? And so <laughs> I, I ain't wasn't no swapping no jerseys then. If I if I was gonna take a jersey, it's gonna be right off his back during the game. I wasn't asking for it. Right. And so uh I think that you're right from that standpoint, the mentality has changed tremendously. And that that is my second gripe about you know the the friendliness. Um you know, and I, I would go to guys' charity event during the offseason, right? They have a golf tournament or they have this, and I'll show up to it. But for those 60 minutes, man, I'm trying to do the worst to you, right? And mm-hmm. that that was my mentality, friend or not. If I knew you during the offseason, I remember me and Larry Johnson, dude, we grew up together. And his, I knew his dad. I knew his family. And I told Larry before the game, and we knew. I told him before the game, I said, bro, I'm going to try to knock you out. I'm period. I'm, that's, I'm just letting you know that now. Yeah. And for those 60 minutes, I tried to. And um, I think that that, that attitude um, that you had, and that was my man. That Like during the offseason, we, I see him. And, but those 60 minutes, I don't know you, right? You got on the opposite color helmet. You're trying to get the ball this way, and I'm trying to get the ball from you. And that, that was just the, the mentality we had then.